We're talking about toys today on Bonehead Weekly. That is the lamest intro you have ever done. Oh, I, I this is an episode, what, 135 or 136? I bet there's lamer. No. Lame. Hold on, wait, Jake, well, how, why don't you do an intro for us, Chad? We'll just sit back and watch you do it. Go. Hey, shitheads, go. why are you listening to us? See, that's not dun, dun, to Not to quote our <laughs> governor, but y'all can't be doing that. We can't lose these listeners. Ow, I just popped the pimple on my ass. Welcome to Bonehead. <laughs> Okay, that one was better. It's getting better. <laughs> he's he's on to something. I no no. The pimple people just broke with us anyway. Oh, but maybe we can get a sponsorship. Oxy, <laughs> we got that off Chad. Do they still sell OxyClean? I don't know. They sell I'm not, OxyClean. I'm I don't not think sixteen they sell masturbating in my mind. Oh, okay, maybe I am. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're definitely not sixteen. No, no, nothing about this is sixteen. I'm going grayer and grayer every day. So, Chad had an idea. What was your idea, Chad? So, to we leave all the show and buy your pictures. <laughs> yeah, bye, y'all. <laughs> no, uh, I was waiting on your shoulder the whole time. That, by the way, I, there was three things that went through my head. I was like, I can't say any of these. This goes public. So we are all fans of the Netflix show, The Toys That Made Us, which reviews the fantastic which talks, show. It which really test, is. If you haven't watched it, check it out. It's all yep. about the. It's all about these famous toy lines from the '80s and how they got made and what they've transformed into. And it goes into really detailed. Some history. of them are about Transformers. Yeah, actually, and 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 for those that have watched our recent episodes, because I've actually got a few people contact me about our recent um, uh, spate, I guess, of of Star Trek guests. There's actually one about Star Trek toys. Yeah. So there, keeping that trend going because but, you know, responded. Um, and some of those toys are an important part of my life. You know, I had Masters of the Universe. I had Transformers. I had Thundercats. But there were quite a few toys that I had as a child that were not as popular. And a lot of people don't remember today. So that's kind of where I, I came up with the idea of us talking about our favorite obscure toy lines from the 80s. Shut up, Homer. What the hell? Cameo by Homer Simpson, I guess. Thanks, All right, Chad. so more. And there's another pimple. <laughs> We're going to be, I have promised to do episodes about, because I really would like to do a one or two part. We even shot part of James's part for the episode, and we never even yeah. did it. And this is when Haley still produced it. About collectors and why people collect, I just find it fascinating. But. Mm -hmm. What we're going to do is pick our three obscure ones. Now, gentlemen, I was telling Chad at first, before James got on here, I had a really hard time with this, and I'm glad we were supposed to do this a few days ago, and it got postponed. I was really happy, not because of James's issues that it got postponed, but it just gave uh, me a fine. Mock my, mock my tragedy. Right. I uh, Sometimes my pump needs to be primed, and I could not figure out what I wanted to talk about. I had one down, and that was it, and we all wanted three. Then I started reading some of the obscure posts or posts on the web about obscure toys. And if you guys don't mind, can I read some of the ones that I do not feel are obscure? Yeah, sure. Or forgotten. Sure. Teddy Ruxpin. No. Not forgotten or obscure. And they've actually redone Teddy Ruxpin. My pet monster is not obscure or forgotten. No, no, no. I there are some people. I guess. Alf. Well, hold on. And, and Alf you gotta think. is not. Well, Alf no. is on somebody's list. Alf is uh, not obscure. And I've got, Mask I've got, uh, is not obscure. No. Uh, no, they're making a movie out of it. 
I yeah, can still but, sing the theme song. Whether it gets made or not. I, I well, I know we can sing the we can sing, but there are some people who would find. But no, but I, I agree I, with I, you. I in terms, in ter- I agree with you all in terms of of this of, episode of, and the people who would be listening. No, I would so. say no, no. And I was going to say the caveat here is who's making that list? Because if you're a kid that Loretta doesn't. I don't know, but if you're growing up, you grew up in the '90s, and you were asked to name the kid the toys that were popular in the '80s, Mask is going to be obscure. It never got re-aired a lot. It never got maybe Cartoon Express for a little while. One of mine only got one episode. It got the pilot. Two of mine never had a cartoon. Woohoo! Well, one of mine never had a cartoon. Bitches. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Who wants to go? So we're going to do '80s obscure toys and toy lines with cartoons that people don't talk about or remember. Now, so uh, hold on, we'll figure out who goes first. I'm thinking of a number between one and fuck you. I'm going to go with you. seven. <laughs> well, somebody's going to take one of mine, so I'm going to let y'all go first, just so I can get mad. Okay, uh, I'll go. I'll go first. I'll just i'll i'll pull the i'll pull the band aid. Um. So I want to talk about a trend that was popular in the 80s. We, I'm sure we all had them, holographic stickers, right? They were all the rage in the 80s. We all had them. You could find I had them. a slap band, <laughs> and then they told us to keep, not to bring them to school. Cool, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you could find them in cereal boxes and in that grocery store vending machine that you always bug your people as they were checking out groceries. Um, and they always ended up on a trapper keeper right next to that L.A. gear sticker. I hope you all had L.A. gear stickers. No, I Chad, did. I wasn't as fancy as fuck as you. Keep going. <laughs> no, look at, uh, look look at look Mr. At Uptown. I'm the generic Trapper Keeper. I had Trapper <laughs> John Keeper. <laughs> but no. So He's going to even have an semester. MD yet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so no. One 60-year-old asshole out there is going to laugh, but they won't listen to the show. Yeah. So I want to get me. So it was only a matter of time before the toy line started trying to pick up on this trend. And there, there were a couple of toy lines that picked this up that were semi-popular, the Visionaries and Battle Beast. Um, both of those toy lines had, uh, um, had them uh, stuck conveniently on parts of their bodies, like the Battle Beast had one little bitty sticker on their armor, and uh, the Visionaries had like a staff with a sticker on it. But Tonka... Yes, Tonka, the ones that are mostly known for the construction machine, the, 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 you know, construction cars and stuff like that. They actually dove into uh, toy lines and came up with the 1987 Supernaturals. Either of you remember these? Uh, actually, what's funny, when I was researching this, I had to find out the name of that, but Is I didn't it? use it because I, I found out. Okay, so yeah, the Supernaturals was a toy line. Um, the figures did not have a face or chest; they were actually hollowed out. <laughs> and instead Just of like face, me, and instead of a face or chest, uh, they had a holographic they had a holographic sticker on them, in the place of the face and chest. And the stickers were pretty cool, for, even for eighty standards. <clears throat> um, if you angled it one way, uh, the sticker would show the picture of a knight, a Native American. A Native American warrior or a pirate, um, but if you turned it another angle, the sticker would transform uh, into a, a humanoid lion or an eagle or a skeleton with X-ray eyes. Um, and uh, you know, the story of the toy was um, the fact that this was a group of heroic and evil warriors who were sealed in the Tomb of Doom. <laughs> um, I went to school in the Tomb of Doom, <laughs> <laughs> only to be released hundreds of years later. Um, but they're now ghosts. 
Yeah. Um, and they, they still battle to this day. That was the description on the back of the box. Um, they actually never had saw a to they actually never saw a cartoon series or a comic book made out of it, even though they did, did come with a mini comic book inside that gave a story on it. Um, there were um, and it was a limited. It only lasted a year before it got discontinued because, like I said, nobody found interest in it. It was literally a holographic sticker with two arms and legs, in a shield and a sword. That was it. Um, there were three heroes and three villains. Um, which were the most expensive figures. But then there were these cheaper ones that were called ghostlings. Um, there was eight of those. And there were these tiny little Yoda looking things. They just had a, they just had a cloak on their heads and inside was a little holographic sticker and they had a glow in the dark sword for some reason. Um, but yeah, so it was a complete and total failure. There were no new additions, but I had these figures and I loved them to death as a kid because the holographic sticker on them was so cool. Like for example, one of the ghostlings, um, it was just a normal, like, I want to say it looked like a normal little wizard guy, but then you turned him another angle and he became an invisible man and you could see his intestines and his eyes just floating in the ether. Um, they were really cool. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those toy lines that got lost because again, it only lasted a year. I, I, I had a couple of them and I yeah. got them at big lots. Uh, in about 1989. Yeah, and that's where they that's where they were relegated to too. Is they went to stores like Big Lots and uh, you know those 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 smaller stores in the 80s. Even though Big Lots is still around. Do, do you know the uh, do, do you know the name of the character, the hero, and the villain? Uh, the the villain was named uh, uh, Skull. Yeah, I just love the fact that uh, we need a villain name. Skull, good, and, go yeah, with that. And the hero was a uh, Lionheart. Yes, yeah, which shocker yeah, is oh. yeah. Yeah, I, when I was looking them up to try to, because I was trying to remember what they were called myself, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And by the way, I'm I didn't have to school. research that. That was in this head. <laughs> so yeah, Supernaturals, if you don't, if you don't remember them, check out the commercials on YouTube and, and see the kids as the, as the kids are trying to be excited about playing with an arms and a leg and a holographic sticker. That's it. So that's my first pick. Who goes next? I'll go. Go Jeff. So, James nailed something. Where did you go get your stuff at, James? The Big Lots. That's yep. where you get the finery. That's right. So, it was, it was in either Big Lots or it was Roses. And Hazard, we didn't have yeah. a Big Lots yet. We had the Roses. And now, we had a Big Lots and a Roses. Kmart, in big and sometimes Kmart. But you would get secondhand things. So, they're the last year's toy that didn't quite do as well. Yeah, it was, right. it was oh, resale, basically. Basically. So what, what happened is, is I had a price point. I and mean, there's probably the reason why I had a lot of GI Joe's and masters of the universe, less than five bucks. I could probably get it when we went to town, right? I'm doing the quotation marks. When you go to town, if you're in Eastern Kentucky, right? you go to town on Saturday or, or whenever I could get a toys less than $5. The reason I don't have a lot of transformers, nobody was going to pay for transformers. Cause those would be 10, 15, 20 bucks, depending <laughs> on what they are. I know where he's going. What? No, go ahead. What are you What are you going to guess? I was going to say GoBots. Nope. Oh, shit. It was on my list. It's on my list, but I, I killed it because I thought that was too. And I had a box full of GoBots. By the way, I hope, I, I'm not going to say my next guess. I hope you're going to say it. And if you Brave do it, Star. I'll do it. Uh, what? Brave Star. Oh, fuck. That ain't it. <laughs> I own them though. So, well, when we when I was trying to figure out what I wanted, I wanted not to do just some. I could have picked. I mean, there's a motley crew out there of different 
ones that didn't last long, right? Mm -hmm. And by the way, Silverhawks was also on a lot of lists. And I was like, no, people- That's not obscure. I don't know. I don't think that or mask. Anyway, Mm -hmm. side point. Brave Star is slightly obscure. It only lasted one season. I'm going to give you a little bit about it. Now, James, back to the roses and the big lots. Yeah. Brave Stars were kind of expensive. So they had these backpacks. They're mm-hmm. a little bit taller. I have one still, and I could not get it dug out because of the kid this afternoon. You had the horse guy, right? I have the horse guy, and I have the villain. Uh, okay. 40-40? Uh, huh? Was the horse 40-40? I think so. I will, look, I will get to it in a second. I've got it right here on my notes if you'll give me one. I, I just really want to say one thing about Brave Star, though, or one thing when you say some shows only last a season, and this is what I found. A lot of time, these seasons were sixty-five episode seasons. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think they had sixty-some episodes though. But I mean, there's one of the ones I found. It's like what well, it only lasts a season, but it was sixty-five episodes of a yeah, season. Yeah, they did a lot they because they all ran. they did afternoon, they right? Did them afternoon, and they were five days a week. Yep. So Brave Star, back to what he was saying. My grandmother purchased some of these for me because when they were out, nobody was going to buy them for me because they're a little more expensive. And they had backpacks, and you could shoot the backpack at the other one if it hit it and made a sound. Everybody got it? Yep. I almost did laser tag, but I decided not to do it because I got laser tag after the kid got shot. By the way. <laughs> remember that? The, the remember only laser thing tag? I remember. Laser tag is what led to everybody having the little cap guns with the red thing mm-hmm. because the kids got shot. I got it after that. And then remember, I'm an only child. So who am I going to shoot? I had to set the sensor across the room. I'm putting these together because they both are in my head the same. But, by the way, real quick, you mentioned laser tag. I just want to say this. Do you know what year the laser tag cartoon was set in? No. 2020. We're living in laser tag times, my friend. But I had the hat and I had the vest and all that because it was cheaper later because it'd been out a while and the kid got shot. Joe's wrong. There was actually 65 episodes of Brave Star. You're shitting me. Nope. Oh, speaking of which, you mentioned this, and this is not a this is not an action figure line. I was going to bring it up, but since you mentioned guns and kids getting shot, one of the toy lines I remembered, and I had to look it up. Do you remember Zap It? Yep. It was an Uzi. Are you going to do yours or mine? No, no. I, you brought up guns and kids getting shot. Zappets were Uzis that looked like Uzis that shot disappearing ink. I had one. And it, you just mentioned kids getting shot. Look it up, kids. Look up the old commercials for Zap It. It literally screams stuff like, shoot your friends. <laughs> My kid it did would that not, today would on not, the walking trail. He took a bubble gun and said, let's shoot somebody. <laughs> let's, I'm just saying. I'm raising a hell I'm just saying, look it up. Well, that's all right. My daughter said that she needed to slap people's kneecaps backwards. So, hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. All right. So, Native American Marshall Brave Star comes to the rough and tumble planet of, you guessed it, New Texas as a lawman bringing order to the land. Now, his horse was a talking horse. It was a techno horse called 3030. There was Judge 3030. I was way off. KB McBride, settlers and miners knew the marshal. I had the, and I can't, I haven't looked it up to see what the character's name was. I had the bartender. He was green and had a big handlebar mustache. So, James, you'll find this funny. The idea for Brave Star began with Tex Hex, his chief adversary. Tex Hex was actually created for another Filmation cartoon. It was created for Ghostbusters. Not our Ghostbusters. No, no, the the real Ghostbusters. But the other Ghostbusters. And Lou Scheimer found the character fascinating and pulled it from the Ghostbusters cast 
And then he asked Arthur Nadel, Vice President of Creative Affairs and Art Director, uh, John Gerst, to develop a science fiction Western around the character. So the villain is actually what they started with. Go, go, Ghostbusters. Right. It was released. Go, that's absolutely it. 86, a, uh, a year before the TV series premiered, Mattel released an action figure line based on the cartoon series. These figures were large for the time, and like I said, they were nearly eight inches tall. Each figure had a new, unique action, right? Hey, Joe, uh, real quick. Uh, right. What was the, what was the other, the, the guy you had, what, the bartender, could you describe him again? <laughs> he was large with green face and a handlebar mustache. Yeah, his name was Handlebar. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got to it. I still have. I, I, I just have to find them. Um, and it wasn't obviously as important to me to do it before this for some odd reason. I went to school with handlebar. You, sir, no handlebar. I, they had, they didn't have. He just walked that. around with the bicycle. <laughs> Nobody likes me. They were all trying to find curium nuggets, which are not to be confused with chicken nuggets. You eat these, you'll get the melanoma. Well, but my now curium nuggets are those more or less uh, available than unobtainium? Because you know what's a more interesting title for something that's hard to find. What? Curium nuggets. Because <laughs> unobtainium sounds dumb. That's right, James Cameron. Come at me. Well, they do with all your fortunes and success. Still does. A second series of figures were designed, but they never were produced. Uh, this would have been Dingo Dan, <laughs> JB, Long Arm John, which this sounds like a porno. <laughs> Rampage, uh, Pooper Scoot. No, I'm just making shit up now. The Starhawk vehicle. Uh, there's other things that came out with it. I didn't have color forms, which I never really had color forms. I had a Viewmaster. I had a couple. They did Viewmaster reels. I had a Viewmaster. Didn't have any birth. Uh, pillowcases, sticker albums, water guns, among others, and a comic book series, by the way. Yeah. So that was my one. I, I like I said, I had them, but I, I'm with James. Of there was a five. And by the way, I was raised middle class Eastern Kentucky, which I always say is poor around the rest of the, or working poor around the rest of the country. But in, in Southeastern Kentucky, it was, it was oh, you were landed gentry, sir. I, yeah. That, you know, we, we, we were, we were, I was just a sharecropper, but there was no way someone was going to pay for that toy unless it was on the secondhand store or right. it wasn't secondhand, but it was reset, uh, not reset, but you know, I'm, it, Kind of reason, yeah, you were not you were not going to pay full price for it. So if no, it no, no, you were going to be about ten. Here, let me set this in Eastern Kentucky. You Walmart and Toys R Us said, "Screw this shit." I'd say yeah, you weren't going to order that. You weren't going to order that at the full price Sears catalog. No, and no, Sears catalog once a year. Once, FYI, once a year, I do look up 83, 84, 85 Sears catalog wish book because mm -hmm. I go through it going, "God, I wish I had that." God, I wish yeah. I had that. It is really sad. I did this three weeks ago before I went to bed by no, myself no, with a light on. I, I I remember as a kid, and of course, we ninety percent of the time my parents couldn't get half of the stuff that I wanted. But I, that my parents used to we get it in the mail. My dad usually would say something. You know, when I was a kid, you could order a horse through Sears, which is true. Um, by the way, your parents lied to you. They they weren't poor. They just thought you were an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> is he in bed? Get the caviar. Uh, <laughs> Um, but anyway, no, so I, that's the, uh, I, I say all that to say, um, but I do remember, I agree, Joe. I remember going through the, the wish book and yeah. I look, my kids will never oh, have too. They, they will never, they don't even have the toys, the toys R us wish book anymore that died. What? Three years ago now. Yep. Anyway, I would tear um, out the pages. Uh, so, so next you, up, let's keep it rolling. With, you James. do that with most books. Um, 
I want to start with one. As soon as I want to start one. with who? Um, Joe, I'm gonna here. Here's something for you to consider. This is how I want to talk about this. So, American are you going to tell me about Jesus' time in America? That's that's actually number three. When we get to number three, no. Um, Jesus has stopped. No, damn. Uh, <laughs> American Greetings. I've done my um, job, Chad. I fucked him up. American Greetings as a car company, as many of you know, they they at one point were bigger. It's the than Kmart Hallmark. of Hallmark. <laughs> well, they, yeah. they, at one point, were bigger than Hallmark, and the reason they got bigger than Hallmark for a while was they created a character called Holly Hobby, and Holly Hobby has actually made this weird comeback every now and then. It was actually I saw him in the store again. And Holly Hobby, for those that don't know, I know Chad knows all about this because yeah, I actually do. But go ahead. Um, before there was Polly Pocket. There was Holly Hobby and Holly Hobby. Yeah. You bought her Holly Pocket. Was, also sounds like she deserve. She should be in a in a porn film. I just want to say it out loud. What's Holly's hobby? No, anyway, um, it's in her uh, pocket. That's not her pocket. And I learned something doing research for this. American Greens actually also created Ziggy. Uh, Tom Walton Watson, whatever, whoever created Ziggy, he worked for American Greens. He created them for American Greetings, and people liked it so much he developed the comic strip. So American Greetings is where Ziggy started. Strawberry Shortcake, Care Bears, all right. of these came through American Greetings. There's other ones I'm not going to mention. So American Greetings started Amtoys, which made all these toys for all these different things. And they said, what can we do? Well, this is great. We've got girls pinned down, and we've got old ladies pinned down. <laughs> they That's love Ziggy. Could you please reword that? Um, <laughs> hold on. That a good one. What we need to pin I do down. Too, but they usually go, oh, my God, I can't breathe. What we need to do is get a male a audience for these toys. I'm really, and, I'm really And if you think about it, if you look at what they already had, how can you take something like no Holly idea. Hobby or Ziggy and make that something that would appeal to boys? And the answer was obvious in front of them. What did they roll out? And that became a cartoon. It became a video game. And it was huge for about six months. Don't know. Mad balls. Yeah. Oh, Mad Balls. Uh, the characters for Mad Balls. So Mad Balls were balls. There's one that so was you're holding down ball. girls with Mad Balls. Uh, I, I hold on, me, it's going to get worse, Joe. Because let me get to what the slogan was in the '80s. And because I, nobody paid attention. And um, you can already chuckle when I'm going to say this. I love Mad Balls. Well, Mad Balls. There's only one that was in the original line that was actually based balls. on a ball. It was the baseball one with the mm -hmm. screaming face on it, uh, which was the its name was Screaming Mimi. Uh, the other ones, there's one that I, I want to get to. So the original, there were eight in the original collection. There was Screaming Mimi, the baseball. Slobus, who was just a, a grueling green creature that had an eye hanging out. Mm -hmm. uh, there was Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it up. It's A-A-A-R-G-H, who was a Frankenstein-like ball. There was Hornhead, which was a ball with a horn on it. Dust Brain, which was a mummy. Oculus Orbis, which was just a bloodshot red eye. Right. Skull Face, which is a skull with one large eye socket. And my favorite one had to be recalled and reissued with a different name. He was reissued with the name Bash Brain because it was a skull ball with a crack through its head. Mm -hmm. which was what it was originally named. Everybody wanted a crackhead in the 80s. But it got recalled because it seems like something else was going on in the 80s that made the term crackhead offensive to some people. Yeah, fucking Nancy Reagan. So in 19... 19... I was going to say Michael J. Fox's Bright Lights, Big City. 
1985, when Mad Balls were launched, sadly they I'm had to recall. I'm sticking with Nancy Reagan. Yeah, they had to recall the crackheads and reissue them as Bash Brains. Now that was the first series. That was, that was they, how they fixed it. You're no longer a cracked head. You're a Bash Brain. <laughs> bash brain. They uh, they recalled or they sold like hotcakes originally. Just bam, bam, bam. How so do of course, hotcakes sell? Evidently, pretty well. Pretty how do well. you let somebody know if your hotcakes are selling well? I you don't know. know. Um, so they struck and they did a second series, but sadly they were only popular for of about six months. The second series, though, the character was Snake Bait, Freaky Fullback, and they went back to actually having a ball theme. It was a football mm -hmm. player. Splitting Headache, which was a monster with half of his face peeled off. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bruise Brother, which was a biker. Wolf Breath, which was a werewolf one. Fist Face, which was a fist. Yep. With a face drawn on it. Um, this one takes me back to, uh, I want to make a joke about somebody's sister, but I want Swine Sucker, uh, <laughs> which was a wild boar. And Locked Lips, which was a creature with its uh, jaws uh, locked shut with a lock. Now, that obviously it was only popular for six months, long enough to get a video game and a cartoon series and all that stuff. They tried to do ones that were bigger balls, and those were called Super Mad Balls, which was one with a football. It was called yep. the Touchdown Terror. Goal Eater was a huge soccer ball one, and Foul Shot was a basketball. They tried again to make them actually action figures, and they were actually, the ball was on the head, and you'd squeeze the body, and the head would pop off. Now, I wanted to bring that up because I don't remember. I never got one of the name brand ones, I'm sure. I know I didn't. I don't think I, I but, might have had one, but I'm with you, James. I think they made knockoffs, and I had a They knockoff. did, and they used to get them in vending machines. Yeah. You get them in vending machines. They were smaller ones. And the odds are, if you got to have a vending machine, Ertl came out with their own, and they called theirs Blurt Balls. <laughs> I don't remember those at all. Blurt Balls included such names as Bony Toss Teeth, T-Rich. I dated Bony Toss Teeth. Count Heave Heart, Spitui Suey. I dated him, too. Biff Barf Balls, Sharky Skull Squirts. God, I hate when I I hate when I have a crazy Saturday night and I get Barf Balls. Oh yeah, well wait till you get the Skull Squirts. <laughs> Retchirat Tomcat, and of course Croaky Bug Chuck. Now, the male appeal, which was the ones that end up in vending machines normally. James just said a dirty word. Uh, created weird balls. Word. He said it's Etsy word. He said and those were just word. named Sewer Face, Worm Skull, Warthog, Spitball, and Shrunkhead. And then Spitballs was made by Lannard Toys, and those were also in vending machines. That was Sharky 2020, Baboom, and Crybaby. Now, I bring this up, though, because what's funny about this is they have now tried to relaunch this line three times, and once really relatively recently. Yeah, in the past couple um, of years. Art Asylum, though, which I love because Art Asylum made the really detailed, first time we got really detailed Star Trek toys mm -hmm. about the time Enterprise premiered and they did some of the original series stuff and Next Generation as well. And then they got bought out by somebody else. But they brought them back in 2007, 2008, and then Just Play Incorporated brought them back from 2017 and just canceled them again. Yeah. Um, that being said, Mad Balls, and I said I'd bring up the slogan, if you go back and watch the 1985 commercial, there's commercials in 1985, 1986, and 1987, and they just keep repeating the line about every third lyric in their theme song is, we love to play with our mad balls. 
wouldn't work today, wouldn't make it past the censors. No. But in the 80s, that was prime commercial language. And, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't the Mad Balls actually have a Mad Bat as well that you could buy, like a big green plastic bat that had like it a Frankenstein face on it? I don't I, remember. If I, if I had it, and I, I, I vaguely remember knows, hitting my Chad, brother's name. It's you. Yeah, and I vaguely remember hitting my brother's in the face with it. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, so that was, um, that was, uh, it was, it, it was huge. And you still see knockoffs in vending machines to this day. I mean, I walk through Walmart and, and I'll walk by and it's like, oh, gross balls or whatever. But that all started because mad balls and mad balls exist once again, just because some executive somewhere was like, eh, the girls like the strawberry shortcake. What can we sell the boys on balls that look like monsters? Yeah. Green light it. And no. it worked. I mean, they, they made money off of it until they yeah. did. Uh, Mad Balls did have a series of Mad Bats. See, I did not know that. You have taught me something, Chad. I can't do calculus anymore, but thank you. That's You're it. welcome. All right, Chad. All right. So, again, this is one that didn't have a, uh, com- this didn't have a cartoon, comic book, video game, or anything. And, again, it only lasted one year before it was discontinued. Uh, does... <clears throat> Everyone remembered the, the saying, stop playing with your food. Well, 1988. You Mattel, son of a bitch. Mattel made the phrase null and void with the Food Fighters toy you line. You son of a bitch. I had the pizza. One of mine. I should have took it. <laughs> all right, so we all had them. All right. Yeah. So to tell the story, I'm going to stop him because he just stole one of my three. Now I'm going to have to talk about GoBots. Now, I text our dear friend. And by that, I mean, fuck him. No, our friend who owns Lexington Comic Con and Huntington Comic Con, Jared, he owns three comic book shops, goes across the country buying and selling, right? Yep. He is a toy collector and seller of his own right, and a lot of people know him. And I asked, I texted him, we should have had him on this episode, and we all agree that that was a mistake not to have him on this episode. But I asked him, what is the most obscure 80s toy that you get asked about the most, or the, what is the uh, uh, obscurity story you get asked about the most that most people don't fighters? remember? It's food fighters. So Buzz and BuzzFeed has an article on it too, saying the uh, food fighters, the most obscure toy line from the eighties that everyone should know. Yeah, I had, uh, and I looked it up a few minutes ago. Chad, did you have any of them though? I had, I had, I had almost all of them. Yeah. Okay, so I nice. had Sergeant Scoop chocolate. I didn't realize there was two different char- yeah, Sergeant and, Scoops. And uh, well, let me get into that real quick. Uh, so the tagline for the, the the toy line was "Combat at its kookiest." Ah. Um, the toys were very simple. They consisted of a piece of rubber food. It honestly was. It looked like it could have been a, a dog's chew toy. Yeah, is basically what it was. Uh, but it had a face on it, usually a gnarled, like you know. Uh, you know battle hardened grimacing it was a face. battle hardened grisly face and they had little small movable arms and legs that rotated in 360 degrees they um, had a burger deer general yeah each toy came with three plastic weapons i'm going to get to the names um, i'm sorry no there were 10 figures but you uh, the, stole mine <clears throat> the five heroes were called the kitchen commandos and the five villains were the refrigerator rejects the heroes were led by the burger deer general as joe mentioned and the villains were led by mean wiener I, now I got a question about that. I had that. a mean wiener once. The, I got a question about that. Do you think they ended up being villains because they were called refrigerator rejects? Like maybe they were just going through their day and they were like, oh, I'll do something good today. And then somebody's like, look at those refrigerator rejects. And they just sent them down. Well, the one of the villains was Fat Frenchie. And I'm just like, who puts French fries in the refrigerator anyway? I'll put my hand down. Obviously, <laughs> it's not kosher to do that. 
Um, other fig- yeah, because you ruin them after you put them in the fridge. I mean, yeah. I, I, and by the way, there's some French fries that they're okay if they're cold. They're not great, but they're okay. But McDonald's French fries do not survive getting cold. No, they don't. As soon as you put them in the fridge, throw them out. They don't survive them. an hour. Nope. No, they don't survive 35 minutes. My yeah. kid will eat them later, but I don't know that I will. I, I can't. Soggy. <laughs> I actually like them soggy. That's when they get stale. But keep Ugh. going. Because no, so, so people so, love listening to us talk about our French fry pleasures. So other figures were Major Munch, Lieutenant Leg, which was a chicken leg. You're laughing at Major Munch, aren't you? No. It's going to get be- it's going to get worse. Uh, Sergeant Scoop, Private Pizza, Short Stack, which was a, so. You told a- me I had the lowest rank of the toys. I had yep. the pizza. That's, Taco that's great. I, yeah. I get the low rank with. I got Bumblebee and Private Pizza. It's great. <laughs> there was Taco Terror. Fat Frenchie, as mentioned above, and my favorite, Chip the Ripper. Which, um, and the, the, as Joe mentioned earlier, each one of these had another variant. So, for example, Chip the Ripper was a chocolate chip cookie, but his variant was a macadamia. Macadamia, yeah. Um, uh, Sergeant Scoop was a chocolate ice cream, but then he also had a sherbet variation. I would imagine the sherbet, because I have the chocolate. I almost asked him, I was like, so which one's the easiest one to get? I bet it's the chocolate thing that I own. <laughs> That everybody has. Man, they're, they're, you can't, they're expensive as hell. Are um, they really? Then, yeah. How much like, are uh, they on eBay? So, for example, uh, I actually did try to go on eBay and I found private pizza and I was really, I was looking at him hard. Um, and it started for, it started out at a dollar. Within three hours, it skyrocketed up to 60. And by the end of the, at the end of the auction, it was over a hundred dollars. I would pay that for a private pizza? pizza. I don't think I do. Uh, I know, think it, I moved out. I think I moved out to go to college, and my parents went. Well, we hope he dies and throw all my stuff. Away. Yeah, uh, but there was also Short Stack, who, uh, by the way, he he. So he was just a, sa- a stack of pancakes, and he had regular maple syrup, and then the variant was blueberry syrup. That oh, was it. That's that's delicious. <laughs> but they even had their own battle vehicles before they got discontinued. Yeah. Yeah. They had the Fry Chopper, which was like a which was a a a, a, a French fry basket with a helicopter propeller. Um, well, or, and the propellers were spatulas and then there was the barbecue bomber um, yeah i mean I and was... uh what i found out doing research is that and if you can find this because there was uh they actually had their own um you also like, forgot about the combat carton i left that one out because i didn't know how much time i would have but yeah they had the combat carton but they also had they actually uh like the uh they had their own battle uh house it was it was a refrigerator um, but they actually didn't end up releasing it because the series got discontinued, but you can still find those refrigerator, uh, action, uh, places if you look really hard, but they go for like thousands of dollars. It's insane. By the way, these are literally dogs chew toys with arms and legs post, uh, glued onto them and they're selling for hundreds of dollars. By the way, though, my, my parents used to, or actually my mom, it was always my mother that would say this to anyone that would listen. When I was growing up, it was, and it started with Ninja Turtles, which I guess was like 85, 86. Yeah. And my mother actually said, Oh my God, I just need to throw three or four words together that sound somewhat cool and make a toy line and I'd be wealthy. And I hear food fighters, I hear of that. And I read some of these and I'm like, My mother was brilliant and never got the connection she needed. She would have came up with so much stupid stuff that I would have bought. If I had money, and I would have, if my mother would have had those connections. I mean, she wouldn't have given it to me, but we would have technically. Every All story right. I tell paints a sad picture. Sorry, Joe, I stole your food fighters. 
Honestly, I didn't think anybody would have food fighters. I should. Oh, I, I, I thought about it, but I literally didn't touch it because I was like, one of those people is going to bring up food fighters. I, don't wanna, <laughs> I knew one of you would bring up food fighters. I got so I, excited too. I was like, oh my god, I even got the one that Jared said. Blah, 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 blah. So, do you actually have it at your house right now? Uh, it's, I haven't. I think it's over there. I have my uh, great, uh, my grandfather's uh, trunk. We'll need to, we'll need to look at it so I can steal it. No, I, I think it may be that it may not be. I know I have it. I just I just don't know where exactly it is. Hmm. I can tell you well, where I got it. I got it at the Rite Aid in Hyden, and I'm pretty sure it was. You know, that's where I got I got mine at. A, it used to be Revco. Yeah, well, that's what, and that's what they said is that the the Food Fighters toy line was relegated to those smaller stores where it was just kind of like they had like a little bitty toy section. Yeah, that's um, exactly it, what it, it was. It, and it I never got it. it never went to it never went to that big level. Which is yeah, why I got discontinued by nineteen by the beginning of nineteen eighty six. Revco was what what became Rite Aid where I lived. <laughs> Rite Aid bought out the Revco brand, which was just a small pharmacy. So yeah, that's where I got mine. There's something over there. Yeah. Uh, my next. Uh-huh. I, was, I was wrong about saying that this only had the pilot, although I had the pilot. I did not have the toys for this, but somehow or another, one of these roses purchases that something was bought for me or given to me, I had the pilot episode on VHS and used to watch it all the time. And I don't know why, because I don't know that I necessarily liked it. But does anybody remember, (laughs) they only made 16 episodes, Dino Riders. Oh, yeah. I remember Dino Riders. Dino Riders. Did anybody have the toy? I did. I vaguely remember the advertisements for the toys. I do not remember anything else. Those toys were really cool. Were they? But they rode dinos. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It came out in '88. Tyco and I had a lot of Tyco at the time. Also made uh, knockoff Legos. And I normally wouldn't get Legos. They would buy me Tycos. Does anybody remember them? And they'd come in a big bucket with said Tyco. Oh, look at you with your bucket of tacos. I oh. was lucky to get Lincoln Logs. No, am I the only one? I probably <laughs> And by that, I built Abraham Lincoln's cabin. I vaguely well, remember him. There was only 14 episodes. Uh, the series focused on the battle between the heroic Valorians and the evil Rulon Alliance on prehistoric Earth. The Valorians were a superhuman, a superhuman race, while the Rulons comprised several breeds of humanoids. Ants, crocodiles, snakes, and sharks were the most common. Both races came from the future, but were transported back in time to the age of the dinosaurs. Once on Earth, the Valorians befriended dinosaurs while the Rulons brainwashed them. Hold on, real quick. Um, so, but basically, this is for five people. Basically, you're telling me it's a reverse of Leonard Nimoy's and Isaac Asimov's pre-mortals. <sighs> Thank you, you five people. Enjoy the show. So, you know, what's really cool about all this is that... Steve Look at him laying back in his chair. He's proud of that joke. I, Listen, you I find another, about me for a second. I was like, I didn't make a joke, and I realized you, you find was, a way to build in a pre-mortals conversation. I'd like to see you do better. I did air quotes, but my arms are crossed angrily. Hey, I didn't guys, want to take the time. Hey, really quick, can you believe that Frank Welker and that Frank Welker, uh, hold on, Frank Welker and Frank Welker, <laughs> Peter Cullen and Rob Paulson did voices on this show? Really? Not well. Because not shocker, never, isn't it? Yeah. Peter Welker is the probably the biggest shocker. Peter oh, no. Welker, that was the son that Peter Cullen and Frank Welker had. <laughs> Never mind, I just realized who you said, and I was thinking of RoboCop. I don't know why. Continue. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, but Stephen Dorff was actually a voice of Lad, and the we know Joe loves his Stephen Dorff. I love Stephen Dorff. 
I could give you all the names of all these, but do you really want to hit them? Like the Rulons were Emperor Krulos, voiced by Frank Wait, Walker. I just remember so, I had the Triceratops. So the, the wait, so so the evil leader was called what? Krulos. K R U L O S. Where were this? Is there is there a <laughs> message hidden in his name? Probably. He, li- he liked Krulos. Much like with that, uh, the refrigerator rejects. Maybe if they gave him a better name, like maybe if they would call him Steve the Happy Guy, maybe he wouldn't have killed the people. <laughs> well, well, you know, know people, on it, it's crawlers because who doesn't love a crawler? And honestly, what the hell's a crawler? Antor was big city guess, donut. Hey, can you guess what Antor was made of? What, what looked like? Was he a bull? Because it's got <laughs> Tor in it. No, Antor's an ant-like creature, voiced by Peter Cullen, Optimus Prime. Croc was an alligator. They went for <laughs> they went for a twist. Chihuahua. Yeah, Rasp was a cobra. You guys, you guys picking this up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, leader of the Valorians was Queststar, who is strong-willed and courageous. I can't wait till I get to the names on my next one. Uh, James is doing the Stevie Wonder. Do you see him? He's getting excited. <laughs> I didn't have any of the toys, but I did, like I said, have the VHS tape for some odd reason. See, I had, I had the my, I, my one of my brothers had the brontosaurus, and I had the triceratops. <laughs> and I and then we ended up we, we ended up losing all the attachments, so all we ended up having was the damn dinosaur. <laughs> hey, you're lucky yeah, you didn't end up with the triceratops. Open the door and get on the floor. Everybody walked the dinosaur. Super Mario Brothers, best movie ever. I really wish I had a pet cricket right now so I could say, hey, make the noise. Make, make the noise, noise. If you ever want to get another steak dinner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to say it to a cricket. All right, all right, James. I want to do one because I don't remember much about it, except that I remember it existed, and I remember it being hyped so much, and then it bombed, even though it did get a 65-episode season, got a DC comic book, all this stuff. But what shocked me when I looked it up was who all was involved in creating this show and what <laughs> all it did. Um, so the show, um, the people they hired to create the characters included Jack Kirby, who created oh. basically most of the Marvel Universe with Stan Lee. It's not you true. Know, he created the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, Thor, Hulk, Iron no, he Man. Didn't. All Stan Lee. Right. There's a lot of people that get mad when Stanley gets all the credit. But, yeah, no, and they should. Uh, Jack Kirby working with this hack that Chad knows something about called Gil Kane, who created something called a Green Lantern, the modern Green Lantern, and the Atom. Yeah. Um, he also co-created Iron Fist with Roy Thomas. They hired these people to come up with general ideas, and they also hired a uh, gentleman who works in animation, sadly died in a fire not too long ago, um, and I'm going to mispronounce his name. I apologize. But Norio Shioyomo, uh, who most Americans, if you know the name, you know him because he created and worked on Inuyasha. Okay. Um, I, I don't know it, but I know of it. Yeah, you know of it because it was, it was on Adult Swim for Right. The writers they hired to work on this have worked on had worked on Star Trek, had worked on, went on to work on Babylon 5, went on to co-create things like She-Ra, and work on the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Uh, they hired Jerry Conway, who created Punisher. Uh, those were the writers they had working on this thing. I'm talking about 
so the writers were J. Michael Reeves, Mark Scott Zer- Zerke, Larry Dottillo, who is one of the people that created She-Ra, and he co-wrote the She-Ra He-Man crossover, and then he went on to be the the lead writer for the She-Ra cartoon. And then Jerry Conway, who I say created the Punisher uh, and all that stuff. Um, they hired actual science fiction writers. They wanted this to be really good. Uh, I'm talking about Centurions. Nice. Centurions was a syndicated 30-minute American science fiction animated television series that actually also explored um, the ideas of uh, um, cybernetics. It was considered one of the first kind of cyberpunk-type shows. The reason that I, I said I wanted to talk about it, though, is because the the joy of the show, 65 episodes, it was one of the first shows to tackle the environment, to talk about how we need to be better stewards of the environment, uh, a bunch of things that would later become very, very common in kids' television show, pre-Captain Planet, all that stuff. The Centurions dealt with themes of uh, basically the, the idea of what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be to rely overly on technology? It had an episode that dealt with magic, and is that just science from another time? All of these things that were pretty, I mean, for a kid's show, kind of heavy topics. Um, but what I love about this was they had all this talent, and I would love to be able to ask these people who came up with the names, because I can't help but think the people who wanted to sell toys are the people that came up with the names. Because, do you know any of the Centurions? Do you remember any of this, Chad? No, I remember them. I don't remember their names. And honestly, I was going to ask you what the toys actually did. Because all I just remember is that you could connect a bunch of things to them. So go, you go yeah, with the names it was, and it was, we'll talk about you, them. You added basically cybernetic enhancements to Yeah. Them. You okay. connected a bunch of stuff to it. The character names, though, again, these had to be sell, to sell toys. Because I can't imagine even Jack Kirby, who went, yeah, Spider-Man, that's great, would have been okay with any of this. Your Your characters included... Heroes and villains included John Thunder, Jake Rockwell. The villain, of course, was Old Doc Terror. Um, Hacker, uh, Rex Charger, Ace McLeod. That's and these were all said, and they would say them with so like you know, and it was always almost the full name. <laughs> Ace McLeod, get over here. I need your help. So anyway, somebody was really proud of those names. Um, but it really did kind of explore. And they did have toys. The toys, like Chad alluded to, you could attach all these cybernetic enhancements to. They had all these different kind of things. They um, So uh, they all had different vehicles and things like that. So I'll pick Ace McLeod out of a hat. Ace McLeod was the – this is going to shock you, Joe – his name's Ace McCloud. What do you think he did? Stuntman. Pilot. Um, he was the daring air operator. I'm sticking with corn farmer. <laughs> he wore a blue exosuit, so he had his blue technological suit. And this Bean will farmer. shock you as well. Um, as a pilot, he was known to be cocky and a womanizer. Um, and he often doesn't you get don't really get that kind of thing from bean farmers usually. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, he Jake Rockwell, who was the other hero, sometimes thought he was too cocky for his own good. Um, That's because he that, farmed corn. <laughs> that being said, his we- weapon system that you could attach to him included things like 
the aerial, um, uh, they were all suited for aerial stuff. They included missiles, which were called stencil missiles. Um, and you could turn him into a sky knight, which was where he had all his powerful air, uh, air weapons. He could also be an orbital interceptor, which was where he had an assault system that included thrusters for the atmosphere. Uh, the sky the toy came with real, and the toy came with real gasoline. <laughs> um, uh, the the sky bolt, which was another add I don't know why. I just wanted to, whenever someone and gasoline. <laughs> sky bolt, which was an air reinforcement weapon system that has two booster stabilizer pods, radar tracking wings and modular invertible wings with battle mo modes, including reconnaissance. And loose the wires last, to stick your tongue on. The last one was the Stratostrike. It was designed but never released. That's what they kept doing. So you would buy, it was almost kind of like the old Mego system. The idea, at least in theory, was you would buy the toy, it would come with one set of add-ons, yeah, and, and then you would buy the other add-ons as time goes on. So you weren't yep. buying the same figure time and time again. You were like, oh, now I need to buy, you know, his stratosphere suit and all that stuff. And so all of them had, uh, as I read through all four of his, all of them had four. The three were released. The fourth one never got released. But 65 episodes of the cartoon was made. Um, the voice cast, uh, not as impressive as, as yours. Uh, Michael Bell, Jennifer Darling, Vince Edwards, et cetera. But Centurions, Every Blue Moon, I'll still run across. I, I didn't have any of them, but I'll, I'll go to conventions and somebody will have one still on the card. For a while, they were huge, but you never hear anybody say, we need to make that Centurion's movie. And I still blame Ace McCloud. Cocky pie. <laughs> Ruin the series. It's too hard to update. Centurion's, look it up. All right. So my last one is my favorite. Um, it's actually one of these toys that I have regretted losing my entire life and I can't afford a new one. I can't afford it now. Um, it actually had a cartoon. It had a, it had a Marvel comic book. Um, and then they released a toy line. Um, and it's not only the coolest, one of the cooler toy lines from the eighties. It was also the biggest. Um, I'm talking about 1986 uh, Mattel released the Inhumanoids. I don't know if y'all are familiar with the Inhumanoids. Uh, I mean, I didn't have them, and I barely remember them. I'm more familiar with it because of later and you know the cult yeah. status. Yeah, and the Inhumanoids were uh, well. I'll get to that. Um, so uh, you know what I found out, and when I did the research about this, uh, the DVD it was actually released on DVD. Sadly, before I could find it, it got discontinued. So um, the DVD is expensive as shit too now um, to to actually own it. Um, but it actually it was a was 90s a, cartoon. Did it really come out in the 80s? It, it had, came out in 1986. 86? Yeah, um, it actually was part of uh, this uh, series of, of mini cartoons, uh, seven-minute cartoons uh, that ran on Sundays. It was called like Super Sunday. It was a Super Sunday cartoon block. Um, it, it consisted of this, um, a couple other, uh, the, the, the cartoon for Bigfoot, the monster truck. And Jim, the Holo Jim and the Holograms. And the, the most successful cartoon out of that was actually Jim and the Holograms that got moved to a, a, a motion, an actual 65-episode season. Um, it eventually got put into... Um, I had that Bigfoot drug. Yeah, that too. Uh, it got put into five um, half-hour episodes that was told one continuous movie. And, and if you watch this cartoon today, it was dark as hell for the 80s. Um, so I highly recommend checking that out. But we're going to talk about the toys. So the story behind the series consisted of a group of elite scientists called Earth Corps um, who were called upon to battle three giant monsters that have been released from the center of the Earth. 
Uh, together, they team up with a group of elemental warriors called the, I'm going to butcher this because I can't remember how this pronounces it, but the Mute Rose to save the earth from destruction. Um, each of the heroes had a specific action feature um, with removable helmets, and they had what was called a glow in the light feature, which basically meant they had like a clear plastic um, shell, and uh, if you shine light on it, the, the light would shine through the plastic piece, making it look like it was glowing. Um, the Mutros uh, actually had some cool figures too. There was a rocky creature who could fold into a rock shape um, and it had green glowing eyes. And then there was the Redwoods, which was a tree stump creature. But if you pushed a button on the back, it actually expanded to a much taller figure. Um, and then there was one called the MagnaCore. Um, he was a pretty cool guy who could split into two figures. Uh, one figure would be Molten Rock and the other figure would be um, this Molten Lava figure. Uh, but the highlight of the series were the human and humanoids themselves. Uh, these were figures were 14 inches tall and they were massive, big, massive, heavy figures. Um, and there was only three of them. Um, there was Metlar, the leader who was a massive demon with a glowing orange horn that stuck out of its head and a silver chest. Um, but then there was Tendril. Tendril was a really cool one. He was actually Cthulhu inspired. Uh -huh. um, he was this green sea monster who had these tentacles coming out of his face and his hands were these big floppy rubber tentacles. But my favorite uh, was actually Decompose. And he's the one that I've actually tried to get a hold of because I, I loved him so much as a kid, but he goes for too much money. Uh, but What's Decompose, too much money? $500. It's too much money, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. Won't do it. I, get my, I, I found my dream Knight Rider car uh, kid and uh, it was 130 and I went, no. <laughs> Yeah. That $500 is too much money. Yeah. Uh, but Dean Compose, uh, he had a skull for a head and he had this little bitty weird uh, ponytail that stuck out the back. Uh, but what was real cool about him was he had an exposed rib cage that you could pry open and you could put the, the, uh, the earth core figures inside of it as they were trapped inside. Because in the cartoon, he would put people into his rib cage and they would turn into these mindless dripping green slime dripping zombies it was really cool but also inside the rib cage was this plastic um guts that you could actually stick your hand in and would go through the figure it was a it was an amazing toy um and uh you know it, those were my favorite those were some of my favorites one of one of the more fonder memories like i had my transformers i had yeah. my masters of the universe those were important to me those are my favorites but when i got to pick up the big metlar or decompose it was just the coolest thing ever. So uh, that's my final pick is the Inhumanoids. If you haven't, and if you haven't seen it, you can actually see the cartoons and the commercials on YouTube. Uh, I have checked those out and uh, the cartoon actually still holds up, believe it or not. Okay. Actually, that's probably not a bad, right now, if you're stuck at home, you can watch all the, I think you can watch almost all the GI Joe commercial, uh, GI Joe cartoons they released yeah. them on YouTube. Oh, really? I was going to say, and, and I was going to say, you, you mentioned that and I pulled it up. I remember, you mentioned decompose. I, one of the scenes that I remember, and I didn't remember it as being in the Inhumanoids, but is this scene where somebody picks up somebody and puts them in their chest. And yep. so I remembered that. That is burning in my head because as a kid, especially as one that didn't love horror movies, but you said that was 85? 86. I been, 86. 86. I would have been about six years old. I remember being that scaring the living hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to go inside the monster's chest. It didn't seem like I should be in there. Uh, I remember six or seven-year-old me just grabbing the inside of that chest and just poking it going, oh, this is so cool. But that's, Oddly enough, that's what he did to, to Mrs. Jennings on their wedding night. 
No, it's why, no. It's why, it's why she loves me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, poke at her chest. Going, this is so cold. <laughs> you get to play with these all the time. <laughs> By the way, you, you mentioned that. I just want to, since I brought it up, and I look, I'm looking at the toys and stuff, um, and it did have a comic book from uh, Star Comics, right, which used to be a Marvel. Oh, I thought book. it was Marvel. So it's Star it, Comics? It's Star. It, Marvel was a star imprint that basically okay. worked with, because that's where they did uh, all the all the – Toy For lines. a brief period, all the yeah the the toy line ones came through that. But I was gonna say it actually the the show has a seven point four out of ten on IMDb. It is really it high. was a real it's a really good cartoon and it's ninety three percent of ya- of Google users recommend it. So it is hey. dark it is dark as hell for in nineteen eighty six for a children's cartoon. Yep. So uh, Joe, what's your last pick? Buddy, I you took my last pick. I could talk about the GoBots for a few minutes. I had a couple of GoBots, but. I think most people remember GoBots. I you know what I, I, I have made a GoBots joke that though? well, real quick. I've uh, you uh, James bought me the GoBots movie yep. because I have joked for years, and I'm half as serious and halfway. If somebody give me the money, I would. I think we could make a GoBots movie that would be ten times better than any of those Transformer piece of shit films. Well, do you know the background? So let's talk about the GoBots briefly. Do you know actually the backstory of the GoBots about how they became GoBots? Because it's dark as hell. They were actually human beings. Well, it's better to the second than first. That's certainly the case of Aqua Gobach, which uh, which beat Transformers to the shelves in the mid '80s. Did you guys know that? Yeah. Okay. Well, and now Gobots are technically part of the Transformers because Playmate or Play Play whoever owns is it Playmates that owns anyway. One bought the other company out, and in the in the late in the early 2000s, they released a a series of GoBots under the Transformers and they claimed that they were from another universe. Yeah. I did not know that Chad about them being, or I did. So so the background story for them was that if I remember right, they were actually human beings who wanted to enhance themselves and they just keep taking parts of their bodies away to the point of the, where all that was left of them was robotic um, warriors. And that's all they they, they, did the animation, right? Did the Turk. Yes. It mm-hmm. wasn't filmation. It was Hanna Barbera. It was Hanna Barbera. Yeah. All right, James. What's your last one before we get to our honorable mentions? Oh yeah, because I got a ton one. of honorable mentions. I do not. Oh, I do too. I do too. Uh, my last one is just so relevant in the news right now. Uh, I, I try to avoid politics, but this series was written by uh, or the the writing staff on this series was pretty phenomenal as well. Arthur Byron Cover, which I saw the name and was like, oh, that can't be. Joe, we have an Arthur Byron Cover cover story. Because Arthur Byron Cover is uh, co-credited on a certain Daredevil comic book written by Harlan Ellison. And when Harlan Ellison signed my copy, what did Harlan Ellison scream? He said, I gave him co-credit so he could get paid or something yep. like that. He, he I said he couldn't, he, he was between jobs. He couldn't get a, a consistent writing gig. He said, I wrote it. I just gave him credit so he could come. I wrote it. He did not write it. I wrote it. So anyway, I was, as soon as I saw the name, lead writer, Arthur Byron Cover, I was like, oh, Arthur Byron Cover, Marv Wolfman. Oh, okay. Um, Steve Perry, Michael Reeves. Michael right. Reeves, who also wrote for the Centurions, all of them worked on this show. And, and this show 
is, and if anybody remembers these toys, I will be shocking. It was 1987's Starcom, the U.S. Space Force. <laughs> I barely remember Starcom. So here's no a story on how this came about. Uh, Starcom, they wanted to do something about space because kids were so interested in space in the 80s. It was kind of an awkward time, though, because 1987, unfortunately, followed something that happened in 1986. But they wanted to keep kids excited about space, and they wanted to also cash in on the fact that motorized toys, remote control cars, stuff like that, they were big. So they went to... Um, that they had the characters were created. The characters were created by Brent Stevens, who basically was also the story editor for the show. It was produced by Dick Animation. <laughs> DIC. Hold on, hold on. You got to do it. You got to do it this way. Dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that if you've ever seen any of their cartoons, that's how they ended. You chat that little But hold on, yes, let me see. If I, let me see if I can do it in the little kid's voice. Dick. <laughs> That doesn't work. I mean, that's not too bad. That's kind of creepy. By the but, way, can you tell me who what a lovely tea party in the same place? <laughs> oh, what a lovely tea party we're having. Now spit on me. <laughs> spit on me. Dick. Um, no, I <laughs> want you to spit on me and call me scum. <laughs> Here's what's funny. This this Stop film talking, would, bitch. This <laughs> film would all or this cartoon series would have some, uh, something in common with Joe's favorite movie of all time, Mac and Me. And that it was actually <laughs> distributed by Coca-Cola Telecommunications. Well, that figures. The plot detailed the adventures of a, a brigade of astronauts because astro a grouping of astronauts is called a brigade. I don't know if y'all know that. I didn't. I know did that. not. It's called a murder. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dick. <laughs> but they were all Americans because, of course, Americans own space. That's well, what yeah. Do. But who did they fight? Well, they fought the Shadow Force, which were, were robots and humans that were led by Emperor Dark. See, they're shadows, and they're led by the Dark. This is uh, stupid. <laughs> here's what's funny. This is stupid. Now, here's what's funny. Here's why the, the toys in America are somewhat rare. The toys in America... Can we fun. talk more about Major Munch? <laughs> After we stopped recording this stupid show. After he stopped poking her in the chest, he said, Chad likes to munch, munch, munch. Keep going, please. But so the, the toy line was... Reference to an earlier thing. The toy line failed horribly in the United States. Where was it huge? Europe and Asia. Which France, is funny filthy buggers. because... It, they, it was made solely to be like, we're great Americans, astronaut, astronaut space. Matter of fact, the show was also developed in partnership with NASA's Young Astronaut Program Council. So Coca-Cola and NASA got together to make a shitty toy line? Yep. Okay. Here's what's funny. The show earned terrible ratings in the U.S., and since it was made for the U.S., they said, we don't care about Europe and China and Asia and all that stuff, which now, by the way, would not happen. We would be on Series 400 of that. But yep. at the time, 1980s, with America, woo, they stopped it. Killed it after 13 episodes. Here's what's funny. It continued to be picked up for reruns because since it failed so badly, it was cheap to air. It ran in reruns until the mid-90s. Only 13 episodes. It would get picked in up. Europe in Europe or here? 
uh, evidently in Europe, which has driven the toy cost up because they still there's a, still a market for these toys. It's like yeah. those AI teddy bears, Chad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're still. It, it, I looked them up yeah, the other day because I still have some. And Christy said, "I was like, well, I'm going to hang on to them. I don't. I still have my one. I don't need the so, money. About 250 bucks a piece." Wow. They launched these toys all at once. They didn't do a release way, and it, wait. They and, didn't do like He-Man where it's like, we'll wait till it's on an episode or anything like that. They jumped up these toys all at once. Which and I don't mean people. to piss on you about Star, but those these Starcom toys really look like cheap pieces of shit. They're like plastic hollow. Th- I'm getting ready to get to that. Chad, so, sorry, sorry. I've got to Google it now because I'm thinking I actually know what this is. The complete sorry, Janet, series Janet, of toys dumped all at once they, they didn't do it they didn't do a phase of we'll release six no no no. they dropped 23 figures six play sets and 13 vehicles and that was just the hero side the shadow force had 15 action figures and 11 vehicles and they put them all on the shelf at the same time and mm-hmm. they also think that was one of the issues that they oversaturated their own market they put them out too quickly the action figures were only two inches tall yep and came packaged with a backpack, a weapon, and their identification cards that explained yep. who they were and what equipment, uh, what their equipment could do. So it was, you got a story and a two-inch toy. Um, I think I had one of these. I think I did What too. was really popular about it, and the reason some people liked it, was unlike G.I. Joe and He-Man, who couldn't stand up on their own, they put magnets in the bottom of their shoes or in their hands and things like that. So they could stick to their, they could ride, they could drive their hands would actually stick to or their feet. They could stand in their vehicles. They could do everything else that a lot of toys at the time couldn't do. And they called this technology, the magna lock. Um, By the way, I, major, that once. I just got a notification from eBay. Somebody just posted a major munch, which was the donut food fighter already 45 bucks. The uh, the vehicle and playsets also included the power deploy feature, which used automatic wind-up mechanisms to make the figures move and shoot them out and do stuff like that. So they used the motorization that was popular in other toys to make these toys actually do stuff and their toys would stand. They, unlike He-Man, which you had to balance that perfect way, which was never a way a human would stand for them to stand. And that was the big point of it. The toys, again, failed in America. They were successful in Europe. And Southeast Asia, um, because Mattel bought the rights to sell them over there and uh, promote the heck out of them. And Mattel, when they sold them overseas, painted over the American flag. Well, yeah, we do that. Uh, and, And took off the NASA logo. So, again, the American ones, which still have that, tend to attract people's attention because you do not find those on the ones that were sold by Mattel internationally. I just wanted to bring up, I, I, I don't much remember it. I don't remember but, it at all, but I think uh, I yeah, the one I just, with the long legs. As, as I was looking at obscure toy lines and, and they were like, Marv Wolfman, I was like, Marv Wolfman created everything. Uh, he created a lot of stuff. And I was like, he's a nice guy too. Uh, so, you know, Coca-Cola and Marv Wolfman and NASA getting together and making this cartoon in the eighties which is huge overseas and bombs here. I couldn't not bring up Spacecom. We should get Mark on the show. Uh, You Starcom, not Spacecom. I'm sorry, Starcom, the U.S. Space Force. You bastard. And all I can think about is U.S. Space Force. Who would have known in 1987 that (laughs) 
we would now have a space force with the Star. All Trek. right, gentlemen, what are your honorable mentions? I've got okay. one. All right, so it's not a real thing. It's actually something I'd love to have a bag full of. Guess next. Um, and they used to sell them, and I don't know what they're talking about. No, so there was thousands. I shouldn't say thousands. There were so many knockoff Star Wars toys, correct? Yep. And some of them are worth a lot of money. Jared talked about that. Uh, Jared Greer, of, as, if you start out with a toy collector, he starts out or she starts out with G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Master of the Universe. Then they move up to the obscure ones, and then they get to the knockoffs. Mm-hmm. That's the lineage. That's the line of how it goes. That's what the linear that, progression. Real quick, what were the G.I. Joe knockoffs that were huge for a while? The Like grit or something like that? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. But, the thing I would love to have a bag of, other than those dicks, is they were like army men, plastic army men. We're all familiar with those. But they yeah. sold those in space figures. Like there was a little knockoff to R2, only it was flat on each side. I don't remember the names of them. They came in a bag. I had a couple of bags of dicks. And these over the years. And I would probably pay you, I think about them often, 40 or 50 bucks for a vintage bag of these. I pay more for a vintage bag of dicks. Hmm. So search for space you, battle. Either figures. one of you all know what I'm talking about. Space battle? No, I was I made that up. What is it called? I don't I don't remember these. I don't know the name of it. I don't oh. remember. There's I can remember getting them in TGMY. That's how old this would be. No, I have no idea. James knows what I'm talking about. Vaguely, I mean, I've seen them before. No, no, yeah. about TGMY. I don't expect anybody oh, to yeah, no. story. But, you know, the... the but there the were thing. so many knockoffs, guys. And these were oh, like yeah. army men. So they had little space, you know. I have no idea what the names of them are. I, in fact, you guys go ahead and do yours and I'll sit here and search. Okay, so um, my first... The, the three I'm going to start off with aren't necessarily obscure. But they had cool toys and I don't hear people talking about them. Uh, the first one's going to be, uh, and they're they're uh, off movies. Uh, the Beetlejuice toy line, which I absolutely love. Uh, a friend of mine who's on this call actually got me a couple of those that I still hold dear. Um, uh, also, the Dick Tracy toys, which were basically they took the it was by Playmate, and they took the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, molds and turned them into to uh, replicas of the the figures from the Dick Tracy toy line. Uh, I'm still wanting a prune face, the brow, and flat top. I don't have those, and I really would like to get those. Um, but also, uh, Toxic Crusaders. Toxic Crusaders was an amazing toy line. Um, they were they had rich, vibrant colors. Uh, the toys themselves were amazingly built. Uh, highly recommend the Toxic Crusaders. I loved those toys when I was a kid. Uh, but now I'm going to go into the obscure ones. Muscle Men. Did any of you all have any Muscle Men? Oh, I remember the little. You're talking about the little, the little bitty p, uh, yep. pale uh, skin-colored yes, figures. But not lately. I had a whole collection of them, and they usually and they came in. A, you didn't know what you were getting. You opened up in a trash can or a bag, and that's what they would have. I find that true with real muscle men as well. <laughs> there was also the Gross Out Gang. Uh, these these were sold exclusively at Big Lots. Uh, they had like six characters, and they were just simply plastic figures with big heads. Um, they had one guy, like one was like a nerdy guy who had like blue, huge puffy cheeks, but blueberry all over his face because he ate uh, ate nothing but blueberry pies. They had one uh, that was covered in pimples, and then there was one that had a huge nose that was so large that it actually came with its own individual um, crutch to hold it up. <laughs> um, 
then there's other uh we we joke they uh, the the two guys here joke about me liking cops fighting crime in a future time but the cops and crooks toy line that was built off those that cartoon is an amazing toy line each figure had its own um weapon and that weapon would actually you could put caps inside the weapon and it would explode i uh, love the cops and crooks toy line i actually own buttons mcboom boom um but then there's also <laughs> shut up uh there's also bart <laughs> i want to see you fight major much so bad <laughs> boom mcboom boom fights much he had machine guns that pops out of his chest man come on uh, there's Barnyard Commandos. Did anybody remember Barnyard I Commandos? I do vaguely remember Barnyard Commandos. <laughs> <laughs> they were basically generic. I mean, that, this a lot of these came out because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles made money. Yeah, and it was it was literally a pig or a sheep with a huge rocket bo- uh, pack strapped to their backs or some kind of machine gun, and that was what they were. And then I'm going to end my, my honorable mentions with uh, Joe mentioned GoBots. Joe, did you know there was a spinoff of GoBots? No. Are you going to take my one of my honorable mentions? Let's find out. The Rock Lords. Oh, never mind. Rock no, you're right, Lords. though. I do remember. Because they were rocks, right? And they, they were rocks. They were literal rocks that transformed. And all they transform and they would transform into warriors. But literally, their transformation would be you fold their legs up over their face, you tuck mm-hmm. their arms in, and you have a rock. <laughs> I vaguely remember having one of those. And I think somebody gave it to me. And even, even at like eight or nine, uh, seven six seven eight or nine i was like the heck? yeah somebody gave me these and i'm like even as a kid i'm like these are pieces of shit literally all you do is fold it up and you have a blue a, a brown rock or a gray rock and that's all it was <laughs> so yeah gobots had a spinoff called the rock lords and it was literally just a transforming rock james go one uh, i want to bring up and you talked about uh supernaturals and it, it made me think about this one because i love this and it was uh it's, it, I love these toys. Uh, Battle Beasts. Yeah, I mentioned it in the intro. Yeah, I, I had Battle Beasts as well. Battle Beasts. I love Battle Beasts because you could, in the early ones, it had a sticker on it and it was heat activated, but you didn't know what you have. And the idea was it was rock, paper, scissors. There was what, earth and yeah, fire, fire and water and wood. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, and in September. And you would have. Uh, and there were two-inch figures, and some of them, I mean, it would be like a snake that came with a sword. But yeah. the idea was that you and a friend or you and the other kids in the playground or whatever would um, pick one at random, and you choose that as your warrior, and then you'd figure out who won. It's rock, paper, scissors. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love these things. And if I would have had friends at the time or now, I could have played with somebody if they would have had them. But I got mine at Big Lots. Yep. After they after they died off and they went to their big lot shelves in the sky, uh, but I, I remember I got them. I loved them. Um, and so if you've never seen any of them, I'm sure they're hard to find now with that sticker still on time. As a matter of fact, the last series they did of them, which came out after they kind of died off, was called the Laser Force of Battle Beast, and they stopped using the sticker. You had to hold it up to the uh, light, uh, light source, and it would show you. Oh, really? Um, Evidently, I just got a message from a Joe Lewis <laughs> uh, that popped up on my screen. Found it. Um, they were made by Tim Mee. By the way, James, I just want to point out that an unopened box of battle, uh, uh, they came in boxes of two. Yeah. $100 to $200. Yeah, see, it's not worth it. And I still don't have any friends that will play with it. 
I had most. Um, I, I had most of these. So yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I love these things. Here's one that I kept finding when I did research. Most of these I did off the top of my head, but so many people when I was searching 80 toy, 80s toy lines to make sure I wasn't missing anything major. Ring Raiders? No idea. Okay. You I don't know. I think I'm going to buy the second one I just sent you all. <laughs> um, just for the robot. But the one I want to bring up, which I've never heard of, but it came up in my research. I wanted to see if y'all had ever heard of this because it seems like y'all should because this to me sounds like somebody looks at GoBots and then somebody looks at Transformers, and then they look back at GoBots and go, no, 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 we can do a lamer story. <laughs> Let me read the summary that I found online. Okay. This is from a website called geekyrant.com. This sci-fi robot uh, toy line had one of the greatest 80s commercials ever. Once you watch it, you won't be able to get the amazing theme song out of your head. The line included only a pair of robot cars, one called... Protagatron, who was red. The that, other was that named, almost that almost went wrong. I feel like you almost pronounced that in a bad, bad way. Go ahead. The other was named Antagatron. Oh it's a God. protagonist and an antagonist. The toy boasted it was always changing and rearranging, uh, but they didn't do much. Here is the official opening narration. In all galactic lore, there is no story as tragic and hard-fought as that of the twin princesses of the rival moons of planet Robotron. <laughs> Each prince was to rule his own moon, with the most successful ruler eventually becoming the new emperor of Robotron. One of the princes chose evil and destruction as his means to power, and set out to destroy the good prince with the aid of Antagatron, a giant mutant robot with the ability to charge up and launch a tracker that change that changes to attacker. There you go. That's your plot line. That is the epic toy line story that became can't make this up. Chargertron. Anybody? Chargertron? Anybody? No, I'd you never guys are killing it. me. I have no idea. I don't know. Chargertron. The last half I, a dozen. Well, I, you know, I, I look back at some of this, and I remember 80s toy lines that I love, like Battle Beast. I still, I, I'm fascinated by Yeah, I'm not going to pay $100 for them. Neither um, am I. But, but it's cool to hear. But there's some storylines when I think about what, what my parents saw and made them roll their eyes, and I'm pretty sure Charger Tron would have even made my mom go, oh, no, 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 honey, no. Charger Tron. All right, guys. Is that all of it? I mean, I'm, I can go weird and obscure. I mean, there's tons. Uh, Chad said there's tons of 80s lines that were connected to movies and stuff like that that often had nothing to do with the movies or sometimes even the cartoon. No, right. uh, like I said, they based, a, they based a toy line on Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice did have a great cartoon, though, and I will defend that cartoon. Oh, no, it did, but the toy, the toy line was based on the movie, not oh, I the know. cartoon. I agree. So there I you agree. go. All right, guys. Well, if you think we left something off, you'd like to for us to talk about it more. Or, uh, or real quick. And watch this and share. And if it's really popular, we'll do another one. And real quick, if you happen to be the hugest defender of Chargertron ever and you want to fight me, come on the show. Joe. <laughs> Punch Joe, and I'll know you mean business. Yeah, you, it turns out James is the final boss of the Bonehead game. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Nobody's ever got to me, but I'm pretty sure that's because I'm nobody's Glass ever Joe, whatever his name was. <laughs> Glass Joe. It is actually Glass Joe. Glass Joe. I am Glass Joe Jaw. Joe Jaw. Joe Joe Joe. Because actually, and he has that great line: "If you, at the end of the first round, will you just beat me so I can retire?" Yeah, I'm just the henchman that you can throw a stick at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James is the final boss. So, well, thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed it. I, if, I don't fuck yourselves. If not, yeah, that's true too. Share this. If I, you know what I he he is Antagatron. If you're on Twitter, if you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook book, and you collect some of these toys and you'd like to share them, tag us in them and show us pictures of it. We'd love to, and we may mention you on the show later. Or okay? give them to us. Yeah. And I'm trying way, to do an decent, a decent exit out of this, but it's just no. not working. Give yeah, me a supernatural. Well, and, you know, and what's funny about this is a lot of these toys ended up in, in graveyards. And what I mean by that, thrown away, you know, yeah. like I said, I'm sure my parents, after I left home. Oh, those Timmy toys that I just sent you all? Seriously, you yeah. looked at them. It's it's the army men of just space shit. I mean, I'm sure those yeah. were just vacuumed up and thrown away. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah well, and it's all the and, – and by the way, we, we here's how we can wrap up the show. We we started talking about how this we were kind of inspired by the toys that made us, and we want to talk about things that are too obscure for them to cover. There is also though one of my favorite parts about the toys that made us is when they show the stuff that literally makes you go the heck. And and if you haven't watched that show, watch it because the Star Trek one has the best what the heck moment, and that is the space helmet, so yep. Spock that has a light on top that spins around because. But Often, you see I, those, I mean, those have lasted, and you see them at cons quite a bit. It's oh, yeah. not it's it's not a hard-to-find item. No, uh, and obviously they sold. I mean, somewhat. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I've seen them out and about. So, yeah, there's tons of stuff out there. So, And I'm sure we did leave some stuff off. So, like Joe said, let us know what we left off, and we'll eventually yeah, get back to, to it. If, everybody's, I really do really want to hear your feedback. So, share the episode, subscribe, and like us. Please, we really need some subscribers here. We really, I, we've had a ton of great interviews lately, and we're going to have a few more. But hopefully, you know, God willing, the creek don't rise. But our numbers have not really skyrocketed or moved up. Oddly enough, Patrick Lucier is doing great on YouTube for some reason. I mean, I love. I thought it was a great episode, but why YouTube instead of all the others? So, share, like, subscribe. Thank you so much. This has been Bonehead Weekly. And if you want us to do a 90s toy episode, let us know. Make this one famous. See you guys. Or infamous.